It was a place of hopes and aspirations. As a kid, it almost felt like you were standing in Emerald City in The Wizard of Oz. Now, a place rife with memories. A lot of people come in, they want to reminisce, they're taking their pictures, they're uh, remembering things that happened. And under its glossy facade, a few spooky secrets. I think the creepiest thing was definitely the bloody handprints coming in. I mean, it's just so creepy. We're going to visit the mall, Collin Creek Mall, past, present, and future. And we'll discover a few stranger things lurking beneath. Next on Plano Podcast. Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano and just outside of what you might expect. In recent years, retailers have left Collin Creek Mall one by one, and now it's nearly empty. But the mall is finally headed for redevelopment. That's good news for the local economy, but even better news for Plano residents who love the mall. My name is Hava Johnston. Hava will never forget the day Collin Creek Mall opened back in 1981. It was so bright and so much light that would come through that glass ceiling. And as a kid, it almost felt like you were standing in Emerald City in The Wizard of Oz. Some of my first purchases at the mall were music related. Um, they were concert tickets, specifically concert tickets to a Motley Crue Girls, Girls, Girls concert. <laughs> um, we also had bought all the posters that you would glue all over your wall and make a, you know, amazing menagerie. Um, the concert t-shirts, the cassettes, like I said, cassettes. Not CDs yet. I mean, you had Contempo Casuals, which was the Madonna store or the Cindy Lauper store with your petticoat skirts and your bustier tops and your giant hoop earrings. And, you know, everybody wanted to be who's that girl. Um, and then you had the um, for the guys that was Chess King. Where, you know, you had your tight rolled jeans or your Z Cavaricis and your muscle shirts and bolo ties. Um, we had, the, of course, the Limited's always been there. They, they used to be called Learner. The, another popular store for girls was Judy's. Um, everyone loved the Wet Seal. That was a little bit later, coming in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Gadzooks was a favorite. That's where you could get your fun T-shirts and the best bikinis in town. And they always had a great big white bug in the call in the front of the store and you could get skateboards and, and all kinds of cool stuff there hava recently started a nostalgic facebook group called collin creek mall an era gone by within days the group had hundreds of members now there are more than 6500 it goes beyond just hey a couple of kids that hung out at the mall or a few employees or a few store owners and it gets to wow this was an entire community over four generations or four decades. The group has attracted people who remember the mall as the place they came to shop or worked their first job or hung out with the boys. That's just where everything happened. The guys weren't there shopping. Most of them um, were there either shopping for us or there to find us. Um, hanging out in the record store, the arcade, Tilt. Everybody was at Tilt. So it was the first place you went and the last place you stopped. Um, you came in with a couple of quarters your parents gave you to call them when you needed a ride home and you'd go and spend them on video games instead and then call collect. <laughs> uh, 
that's where you got to see who was dating who and who was wearing what and where who, who got their ears pierced or, you know, who broke up with who or what's the thing to eat. Every elementary school had a Christmas choir concert there right on center stage. You all lined up in your little matching outfits and sang your Jingle Bell or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then you met up with your mom and dad and went back to the food court and had dinner somewhere. There's so much community um, that happened there and so many different connections that were made that that's really the only reason I can come up with why I have someone in Bangladesh that really wants to know what's happening in a mall that's 40 years old and about to be torn down. One of the group's newest members is Eric Coons. That was the first place that I ever ate Chick-fil-A. Back in 2006, I worked in a store there called Fast Forward, which was um, sort of underneath the food court. Um, and this was before, you know, Zoomies bought them out as a skate shop. Um, but Fast Forward used to be a skate shop that was pretty local to Texas. And and yeah, it was it was uh, it was one of my first jobs it was so busy it was so it, it was obviously so much more busy than it is today it was vibrant there were tons of people that were that were in and out um yeah it was it was a good time that was when i i think i met most of the people that have created a lot of the relationships that i've had that i have today especially in skateboarding and things like that so Collin creek was Collin creek will always be very special to me remember malls were a big part of youth culture in the 70s 80s and 90s. Mall culture inspired films like Clerks and, of course, Mall Rats. So it's no surprise that Hava's Facebook group is drawing so many people who feel connected to Collin Creek Mall. It's more of a hub of the community than anything else for me. It's where the kids were getting together. The Boy Scouts were there. The Girl Scouts were there. All the church groups got together there. So it wasn't just one place or one thing where you had something in common. All these different people from all these different places that have that thing in common. The Facebook page has become a place for people to gather virtually and to reminisce. And I was like, why are these people awake at 2 a.m. on Facebook looking at old pictures of storefronts that haven't been there in 40 years? And then, and then the reconnection started happening. People started inviting their friends and people that they knew or grew up with or worked for or worked with or whoever it was. And then the stories started pouring out and it was like, Oh, you know, I'm, my mother was a janitor there or my dad helped build the blueprints that, um, were there or my parents owned Noah's Ark or my parents owned this store. That's where my parents helped finance those stores. So I've had, you know, so many different connections that were rekindled. Um, I can see them in the threads where people are, oh, my God, Bob, I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, remember this and that. And you hadn't even thought about that person. I had people send me photos of myself that I didn't know existed. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't. But they're out there now. And it's fun to relive that. And it's, you know, a giant high school re- reunion, even though we didn't all go to the same high school or we're not even in the same class. It's just one huge community party um, virtually. Ava hopes the Facebook group will help solidify support for the redevelopment of Collin Creek Mall. I want to have new memories made and, and new strollers pushed through a new mall. And I, I can't really explain why it means so much to so many. It just does. Collin Creek Mall is special. Um, 
Ask 6,500 members why it's special to them. Every one of them has another reason. The uh, Facebook group is uh, facebook.com forward slash CCM and era gone by. You can also search hashtag CCM. Owners have changed. Security companies have come and gone. But one man has been a steady presence at Con Creek Mall for 27 years. My name is Sam Yancey. I'm a security officer here at Collin Creek Mall. I have been since 1992. I've had three or four owners and three or four security companies. I've been able to stay with them here at this position all the time. Sam is a living historian of the mall. It made a lot of good memories over the years, you know. Uh, got a lot of repeat customers come in. Even now that we're closed, they come in, they want to remember what happened, take some pictures, reminisce. They want to talk to you. They want you to give them any information. And it, it's been good. It's been good because there have been some great people coming through here. But please, don't call him a security guard or a mall cop. Even though Sam admits he did enjoy the film by the same name. I'm very sensitive, as, as are a lot of security officers. I don't like to be called a security guard. I don't guard anything. I'm here for the benefit of the mall and the people that come to shop. I, I'm trained in uh, security. I'm a trained observer. Uh, I'm qualified with CPR. Uh, I can use an AED. I have a background in law enforcement and uh, security, stretching back to my 17th birthday. So I perform valuable service, and uh, I just didn't care for mall cop. <laughs> I, don't I, I must admit, I did watch it. I did laugh at it, but there was something <laughs> in the back of my mind that said, this just this, this doesn't fit my, my psychological profile. In Collin Creek Mall's heyday, Sam's job often involved crowd control. I think the biggest challenge is keeping the kids in line, really. Uh, people have gotten to the point where a mall is a central item in their growing up and in their daily life. They come to the mall for everything. And uh, kids like to come up here and and have a good time. Uh, I don't object to that. What I object to is the fact that sometimes they're a little unsafe. Today, there's a different challenge. Boredom is indeed my biggest problem. I'm caught up on my reading. (laughs) (laughs) So you may be wondering, after 27 years, does Sam have some good stories? You bet he does. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I left one night late, and it was a warm night, so I rolled the windows of the car down. And I was heading home several blocks from the mall. I stopped at a red light. And as I say, the windows on the cars were down, and so was everybody else's. And this car pulled up beside of me at the stoplight. And this guy looked over at me, and I'd never, I didn't recall seeing him. I'd never seen him in my life, or I would have sworn that. He says, I know you. And I said, you do? He said, yeah, you used to throw me out of Collin Creek Mall. I said, yeah, that's right, I did. <laughs> so we waved and he went on. <laughs> People come back and they say, well, you threw me out or uh, I did this or I did that or I did, I did. Okay, well, great, great. <laughs> and we reminisce and have a good time. Even though the mall will close to the public soon for redevelopment, Sam doesn't expect he'll be out of a job. The mall may need even more security staff during the construction phase. Although he's 78, well past retirement age, Sam hopes he'll still be patrolling the mall when it reopens. I'm retired Army. I'm also retired from Federal Civil Service. You like to stay busy. Yes, ma'am, I do. (laughs) Nobody knows the mall inside and out like Sam. But next, 
We'll reveal what's underneath Collin Creek Mall. Are you enjoying this episode of Plano Podcast? If so, you can join our growing list of patrons. Visit planopodcast.com and click on the support tab for more information. Now, back to the show. If you've watched season three of the show Stranger Things on Netflix, you know the significance of Starcourt Mall. Without providing any spoilers, let's just say there's some scary stuff going on below the Starcourt Mall. Well, guess what? There are a few stranger things happening underneath Collin Creek Mall, too. Hidden under the massive parking is a series of tunnels. They're big enough to drive through and almost a half mile long. When developers built the mall in 1981, one of the biggest challenges was how to accommodate Spring Creek, which ran through the property. So they built three culverts, basically concrete tunnels, which allow the waters to flow from 15th Street to Plano Parkway. You can spot the north entrance to the three culverts behind the Big Lot store currently located on 15th Street. In the 1980s, these tunnels were the not-so-legal place where teens smoked, drank, and partied. That was our little, you know, scary space in Plano, and a lot of it is just urban myth. We certainly did ride our bicycles through there with our flashlight. The tunnels were also a destination for illegal activity. I remember one occasion when uh, they had a robbery in the neighborhood and some of the uh, uh, people who had committed the robbery fled into the tunnels and the police officers went in after them. We found one blogger who still loves the tunnels as a great place for urban exploration. Uh, Eric Coons, uh, I'm a social media strategist slash blogger slash videographer and uh, skateboarder, I guess, too. I had skated all around Collin Creek for a while. Um, before hobby or before uh, Big Lots, it used to be Hemisphere Furniture, and we used to call it the Hemisphere Spot. And we would skate there almost every night until probably three or four a.m. Uh, one of those nights, I think we ended up just looking over from the parking lot down that grass hill and into where those three huge tunnel parts are that start it. And uh, I was like, "Wow, what is that? I really want to go down there." So um, I ended up going probably maybe a year later after actually seeing it for the first time and grabbing flashlights and boots and just went down there and explored and it was really cool. The tunnels are essentially three very long, very large concrete culverts. But in a few places, there are rooms that detour to the side from the culverts. And that's where things get creepy. And you'll get to these three tunnel entrances. So, you know, kind of like wonder which tunnel we should pick. So we just picked a random one and uh, they actually all lead to the same room. Um, and then once you get all the way to the room, there's a uh, the three tunnels continue, but the one on the far left actually ends out and there's a mattress in there. And you can tell that someone had slept in there or has been sleeping in there. And, you know, there's just random stuff. It, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's someone random who doesn't have a home. Maybe it's teenagers. You never know who it is. But, you know, it's just creepy seeing that. Plus the the features that are inside you enter into that room and there's these you know what looks to be bloody handprints all over the the side of it and you get through there and 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 right when you get through that you look to the left the room opens up there's this giant white circle on the ceiling that has always like kept it's like vibrant white color which is it's it just looks so creepy um but yeah that that whole room is just it's just weird again did you notice the popping in that audio we didn't touch a thing. Maybe something 
was trying to interfere with this information being shared. I think the creepiest thing was definitely the bloody handprints coming in. You know, it's like the hands of some ghost children or something like that, you know, that are that, you know, died in that room long ago. Lots of creepy things. There's actually in one of the middle tunnels that says uh, he is watching you. Who is he? The first time that um, I ever went down there, when we got past the room, we were going down the, the third tunnel and that one continues all the way down as for a while and we started getting pretty far down that tunnel and it was getting pretty hot and it was you know we were getting tired and we could hear um voices at the end of the other side of the tunnel and so you know uh, rational brain at first is kind of like okay it's fine it's you know it's a restaurant that's above that is you know the, the voices are carrying in and they just seem so muffled and so deep that that was the first thing that kind of scared us out of the tunnel the very first time that we ever explored it so who knows what that was, but, you know, it could add to the lore of, of everything else that, you know, people have said about that place. There's a weird effect that more than one tunnel explorer has experienced. About halfway through, you feel like you're getting further rather than closer to the end. Sam, I tell you what, it doesn't look like that little white light's that far until you start walking. <laughs> you're like, are we, are we there yet? And you're like, well, I'm about halfway. It's like, well, it's like, you know, swimming halfway across the lake and then swimming back. It's like, okay, which one am I going to do? I'm going to keep going to the other side. And it got scooped, it just got spooked in there a couple of times. You know, you can see the light at the, ver- the other side, which, you know, ends up on the other side of Collin Creek um, over near Plano Road. And you're walking it and you're just walking it forever, it seems like. And the light's there, and it, it's it's sort of just a, a, a mind trick, as you think it's so close, and you just keep walking and walking and walking and walking, and you finally get to the other side, and then, of course, you know, there's that there's that eureka moment, or, or not really eureka, but that, that sort of moment where you're like, oh, no, now i got to walk all the way back, <laughs> and I'm going to get that same sensation again. But, yeah, it's, it's so strange. And when you're down in the actual tunnels, you know, you don't see any light. It's it's pitch dark. Without your flashlight, there's absolutely no light that's down there. People said that they saw things that they could see their breath, that they saw the floating orbs, you know, all the, you know, all the all the things that, you know, ghost hunters say that they see on on scene at places like this. And and I, I will say, um, you know, I I had I actually went down there again um most recently this past weekend um because i wanted to take better pictures and as i'm walking down i don't know if it was the dust i don't know if it's asbestos or what but i was breathing and it was like smoke but only at like certain points and so i'm all alone down there so the first thing i'm thinking of course and i'm trying to logic brain again is coming in trying to tell me that this isn't you know it's not anything bad it's not anything bad but you'll hear like sounds you know off in the tunnel way down and and of course, you see your smoke and you're thinking, oh, a ghost is passing by me. You know, something and and that adrenaline starts pumping and that scares you even more. And so I was just trying to calm down. I'm like, no, it's fine. There's nothing down here. But I still experienced, you know, the the weird the the weird breathing out and seeing either the dust or the smoke or whatever, or the, whatever it was. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. You can check out Eric's photos on our website. So we mentioned the Netflix series Stranger Things and the tunnels underneath Starcourt Mall. They're not unlike the tunnels beneath Collin Creek Mall. You see the people coming out of the doors that no one's allowed in, and you're just like, where are those tunnels going, you know? And maybe it could be, you know, a government facility. Maybe it could be, you know, you never know. And, you know, I've, I've even watched shows where they talk about, like, there are actual government agencies that have hid things, and of course they don't tell you about them until after they're abandoned. If you're a fan of the show, consider this. 
The fictitious Starcourt Mall opened in 1984, just a few years after Collin Creek Mall opened in 1981. At the time, Plano's population was a little bit larger than Hawkins, Indiana. And if you check Wikipedia, the first listed sister city to Plano, Texas is Ivanova, Russia. Why? That kind of freaks me out just after seeing this season. <laughs> just a coincidence or something stranger? You decide. Thank you, Hava, Sam, and Eric for sharing your memories of Collin Creek Mall. And thank you for listening to this episode of Plano Podcast. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast, Tales of Curiosity and Character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time.